0: hackers with me on the other line two time paleo hacks guest and the caveman himself george bryant from civilizedcaveman.com what up george what's going on man how are you good to have you man this is our first video podcast but uh you know the drill you've been on two times before
1: catching up with the times doing video and hitting everybody everywhere seeing our
0: pretty faces
1: i know i I actually have to shower typically now when i do video interviews and it really cramps my entrepreneurial style
0: yeah the the standards are getting raised now i mean it's like everyone has a podcast next like podcasting is becoming so big i've i've really seen like New and noteworthy sections now with uh, with big name people on there. You know, I remember when Tim Ferriss got his podcast, and I was reading this guy's books, and now he's doing podcasting. That's the first name that came to mind, and and man, it's so I mean, it's really picking up. I, Obama went on someone's show. I listened to the Mark <laughs> Maron podcast. Like, wow, Barack that's a good one. Yeah, dude, Barack Obama went on podcasting. So like, it's getting huge. It's getting really big.
1: I think people are starting to see the 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 gap be bridged with communication and how we reach each other and you know our lives never get any any less stressful like we always seem to pile more on our plate and i personally yeah. listen to all my podcasts like when i'm driving when i'm warming up at the gym if i'm working i have my headphones in and i can like wow. concentrate so they're always going and i can't sit here and watch videos all day or yeah. even listen to the radio or anything so they're great
0: yeah well, cool, man. What's new? Civilizedcaveman.com. You just got that domain name. It's no longer Civilized Cooking or Civilized yeah, Caveman. Yeah, civili- I
1: still have Civilized Caveman Cooking, but I finally got Civilized Caveman. So I feel like adjudicated now for who I am and my brand. But yeah, things are great. We're actually getting ready to launch a podcast. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, here's my mic flag that I already have. Oh, nice. I need a Um, a mic box. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, so we're going to launch a podcast. uh, I am, and my wife supports me, but uh, Unperfectly Paleo, real people, real stories, and real results. And I really want to bridge that gap and like delete the dogmacy that exists around paleo. Like, I want to get people into a more positive mindset, supportive mindset, to where they're not developing like, Subpar eating disorders or body dysmorphia or orthorexia because we all try to do it so perfectly. So, yeah. given my background, which I've talked about on the other shows we can hit whenever, but being bulimic for twelve years, losing a hundred pounds, and having everything regimented, I've learned firsthand how important it is to have a healthy relationship with myself and food before I have any results in my life. And so, I just want to set people up to win so they have the tools necessary to dive into a lifestyle no matter how shallow or deep they dive, but they get to do it in a positive mindset and enjoy the results and the fruits of their labor. It's
0: really important, man, because there's those two camps. There's the first camp of being too easy on yourself, right? Oh, it's cheat day every day, or you know, <laughs> coming up with rationalizations yeah. and then complaining yep. that they don't get results. And you need to step it up. You need to be more rigid, rigid with your approach. And there's a second camp, which I think paleo seems to attract just on my experience and from what I've seen and talked to people, which is the how many blueberries a day should I be eating crowd. <laughs> yes. And they want to chart every single thing and get it 100% because 99 or even 90 is not good enough.
1: Totally. They weigh and measure every blueberry, every almond. They talk about the phytic acid. Like, yeah, it's definitely it's more dogmatic like that than I experience with it every day's is a cheat day. And the camp is about 75-25 in my opinion. And I've done both. I mean, I I was strict paleo in the beginning, like super, super regimented. And the thing was, is that I'd spent more time stressing whenever I was out with family or friends or anything about how perfect I had to eat. And I missed so many moments. Like I missed experiences that can never be recreated because I restricted myself. And so I've learned that finding the healthy balance and, and what you said is really important in my opinion, the justifications and the rationalizations if we really look at the root of that, and this is what I talk about a lot, the only thing you're doing is lying to yourself. And when you live in this world and you can't keep your word to yourself, you can't keep your word to anybody. Like your relationship internally is the most valuable thing that you have. So I focus on people developing positive anchors and a shift in their thinking when it comes to the rationalizations and justifications. Because here's the great thing. For some reason, as a human being, we live in a society now where a lot of us are afraid to say no. Like it's almost like it's taboo to say no. Like someone's like, hey, do you want to go out? And instead of being like, no, we go to no because I have to do one, two, three, four, five. And it's the same thing with food. So I find that like when you're in a situation or you're in either paleo camp and you want to dive in and eat a cheap meal or whatever it is, instead of going to, well, I can do this because you just go to, I'm doing this because I choose to do this. Whatever consequences and results come my way are fine. And then tomorrow I'm going to recommit to my goals. And that mindset piece is what keeps the relationship positive, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: you need the carrot and the stick, mm-hmm. uh, and you need a balance of both. There's a, there's a time to be easy on yourself, and for the people who, you know, have the ninety nine percent, and they're focused on that one percent or these small incremental gains. You know, they need a they need a lot more carrots. They need to be easier on themselves. Or totally. as, as your your background with body image issues, you know, you need to be easier on yourself. And then so, There's there's a the stick people who like can justify anything to themselves and are delusional mm-hmm. and, you know, think that they can eat the gallon of Ben and Jerry's because they did a <laughs> leg workout or, or whatever it <coughs> is and not to put any rules. But, you know, there's definitely a time for tightening and there's a time for loosening.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's uh, we, we I mean, that's cognitive dissonance and we see it all the time where our brains are so good at like manipulating and convincing ourselves for our justifications that we see it one way but it actually happens in real life a completely different way. And we're almost in shock when people tell us it's that way. I yeah. think that's, that's a great point too. I mean, I just um, don't get me wrong. I eat gluten-free pizza. I eat raw ice cream. Like I know the time and the place, but when I have it in my hand, I don't go to, I'm going to eat this and then I'm going to punish myself. Like I ate it. I'm so bad. I'm such a bad person. I'll never have the results in my life. I'm like. I'm eating this because it tastes good and I'm choosing to eat it. I may feel like crap tomorrow and it's a great reminder as to why I don't eat it every single day. Mm -hmm. And I just shift my mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing, no matter which camp you swing to, whether you over-rationalize and justify or whether you like self-loathe, beat yourself up and self-limiting beliefs, it's the same exact mindset in the beginning of it. And it's not having confidence that you can keep your word with yourself, like setting lofty goals, big commitments. And not giving yourself the tools to succeed. So I tell people to set one goal a day and celebrate the crap out of it. Like take a shower, look in the mirror and be like, I am a sexy person. Like that's all you're allowed to say and celebrate it. Drink a glass of water, be like, I drank a glass of water, I'm awesome. Like focusing on the positivity of it because our brains are amazing things and we are total creatures of habit. Like we can literally just spit something out for a couple of days and change our entire critical thinking path and the results that we have in our life. So if you take one step forward every day, The end of 30 days, it's 30 steps, and Ben and Jerry's doesn't look so attractive anymore.
0: For sure, man. And so uh, I want to bring it back um, to you because clearly you got a very positive take on this. It seems like you found a good balance for what works for George. Uh, Was it always that way? Were you in either of the camps that we were talking about earlier, the blueberry camp or the, the Ben and Jerry's camp, you know, carrot or stick? Like, which one did you fall into?
1: Totally. Well, I started in the blue, I started in the Ben Ben and Jerry camp when I was bulimic because I was all about binge eating and I would go on three, four, five week binges. Then I would go on, you know, three, four, five week restrictive purging. Yeah, Like I was destroying my body. When I go to the dentist, they are like, wow, like, You know, Mm -hmm. no one ever knew except the dentists because they can see everything, the acid, the buildup, the bile, like everything. And so I started in the Ben and Jerry camp. And then when I started paleo, I went paleo and I joined the blueberry camp because I'm like, this is easy and I can do this and it's not stressful. So if I weigh and measure everything and I keep it perfect, I'll beat my bulimia. Hmm. Never really diving down to the levels of the onion in which I needed to get to, where it was coming from, the insecurities that it was rooted in. So... Over the past, I'd say two and a half years, and you know I've been paleo for five years, but over the past two and a half years, I've really, really gotten to take a look at and dive down into like my history, my triggers, my wounds, and with my relationship, be able to have a space that's supportive and safe. And I would say, God, the first half of this year, I wouldn't even call myself paleo. My focus was staying in a positive mindset, and I ate whatever was in my face. Now, I avoided grains because I have celiac disease, but dairy was back in, gluten-free everything was back in, things I typically wouldn't eat, yeah. but my only focus was having a healthy relationship with it regardless of what my body looked like, regardless of what my workouts looked like, regardless of like how I thought I looked in the mirror. And It was phenomenal because now, as I've dived back into... Working out again and eating in regiment. I don't have to weigh and measure anything. I know on the top of my head, I'm like, if I eat this, I'm going to feel good. If I eat this, I'm going to feel bad. But the root of it is that I, no matter what, I'm okay with what I'm eating. I'm okay with how I look. I'm okay with how I feel, and I'm just focusing on feeling my body the best that I know how in that moment. So yeah, it's been I've been on both, so I get both sides of it.
0: So for the first half this year, let's say when you were transitioning into feeling better, eating for feeling, I mean, did you see anything change with your body, either look wise? Did you gain weight? Did you I gain weight?
1: weight yeah, no, totally. I gained I gained weight. Um, I'm like 195 right now. And at like my prime, all my before and after pictures, I was like 168. Yeah. And it was this huge, but it's interesting now because the past two months I've been back in the gym crossfitting, but haven't really changed my eating habits. I haven't lost any weight, but I'm wearing the same size pants I was at 168. Like my body Hmm. has kind of transformed and adapted to where I feel good and my body fat is just dropping and dropping and I'm keeping my size and what I think what I'm experiencing is that before when I was so regimented, I was like constantly in depletion yes. and my body was not healthy where it was. Like my joints were sore. I was tired. I was lethargic, like a borderline adrenal fatigue for a long time. And that space, I did gain weight and I was like, oh wow, I put on some weight. Things aren't fitting now. And then as I started to clean up my eating, I kept the size and the body fat went away and my body recovers a lot better now. I have a lot more energy. I sleep better. And I'm like, Maybe I'm not supposed to be 165 pounds. Like maybe that's not ideal for the functioning of my body and my lifestyle. So wherever wherever the the needle falls now, I'm I'm totally okay with.
0: Yeah, that is a extra stressor. I know, especially if you struggle with body image issues. Speaking from experience, I used to be into bodybuilding, um, like hardcore bodybuilding, no drugs, all natural. But you know, back in college, and got down to sub 10% body fat about. 175, 185, some more fitness model style, and looked really good. And I was really proud of it. But I was same thing, you know, super rigid, uh, would be at the dining hall and like measuring things, you know, just crazy with it. I had all these progress videos, progress photos, because that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. And then eventually got to the point of where I kind of fell out and started to get healthier, much like yourself and, and wanted a more balance, not Blueberry or Ben and Jerry camp. But I gotta say, man, there's occasional days where you look at the photos from yourself of where you were shredded sub-ten. And just because of maybe societal pressures of what we think is sexy, you start to be like, Man, I gotta get back in it. Totally. Or, or, and, and and then it starts creeping back and you start getting all these uh these habits that can creep back into you, like like measuring and counting calories and blah blah blah. Maybe I should take a fast day. Maybe yeah. I should do the extra cardio. Maybe I should X, Y, and Z shred down. Um, so there's uh, bottom line. It can be stressful to look at old photos where your mind yes. thinks you look better than you currently do.
1: Totally. It's yeah. God. And I will tell you. An added one is being ten days away from your wedding. Like oh, yeah. I'm getting married in ten days. So yeah. we we've been joking on Instagram hashtag shredding for the wedding. Yeah. Well, we're eating cupcakes and tasting all the food that we're going to have at the wedding. But that is something that I struggled with immensely because I have all those photos. I have the six-pack, the eight-pack, which I never thought was possible in my life. Yeah. And the big, the big separation for me is when I was able to disassociate myself from the results I created and look at myself as a human being in person regardless of what my physical body image looked like. And I know that sounds – like I get that it sounds cheesy. I get like that it kumbaya, sounds – Like kumbaya, yeah. Yeah, like kumbaya self-help stuff. But really when you look at it and you look at the most successful people in this world, both mindset-related, business-related and everything, it's all about having that grounded internal relationship with yourself. Like where your energy is pure, you know your purpose, and you know that nothing outside of you defines you. Like you just get to own your space. And it, it's been work. And it's actually work every day. I tell people it's like compassion. Compassion's like a muscle – that if you don't flex, ends up atrophying over time. If you don't practice compassion over and over for other people, you lose it and become self-absorbed and egotistical and inwardly focused and we wonder why the results we have in our life are created. Well, it's the same thing with that relationship with yourself, like every day it's practice. And the great thing is, is we're given so many opportunities and like for someone like you who experienced this with weighing and measuring food, Every meal that you eat every day is a brand new opportunity to have a healthy relationship and shift your mindset. And so if you do it three times a day, you know, the habit of a thousand times of practicing or even a 21-day habit or however you you function, you're just continually allowed the space to win and win and win and win and win. And if you focus on winning and realizing that the past is the past, like our journeys and our lives have all taught us to be who we are now, the experience we've had of, Given us power and knowledge to live in the now. But I can never go back and be the 24-year-old with an eight-pack. Like I'm never going to go back and run a 505 mile. I guarantee yes. you. You know, I'm never going to squat over 600 pounds again, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. As my body has aged and I've literally broken, bruised, and bled, I've enjoyed every single moment of it, and that's my story. And then it's just always striving to do my best in that moment with the tools that I'm given, whether my legs hurt, whether I have a migraine from my traumatic brain injury, whether I'm struggling with my PTSD and I can't even leave the house. In that moment, as long as I always choose to pick a goal, focus on the goal and acknowledge myself for doing it, I found that a lot of that urge, that insecurity to like lean back into old habits goes away. You know, like dreams don't work unless you do. And my dream is just to be the best in the moment. Like I'm not, like I do focus 10 years, 15 years down the road, but when it comes to my body image and my eating disorder, something I learned through 12 steps and a few other things is that like the now is the moment. Like when you are in it with insecurity or trying to overcome something like being in the now and being in the present and only focusing there or else we get into You know, the craziness like you, like if we're thinking about it and we see those pictures, we're like, all right, well, today I'm going to weigh and measure. And then for lunch, I'm going to weigh and measure. And then for dinner, I'm going to have this, 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 and this. And I'm going to fast for 12 hours. And I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm going to do in 12 hours. But I know right now I'm going to choose to eat in a manner that supports my body. I'm going to choose to work out in a manner that supports my body and anything around that. So I literally, like I think one of the most valuable things that people can do, no matter where you are, what camp you're in, where you swing, what your tendencies are, what your insecurities are, is to stay in the now and set goals for yourself in the now that keep you present. Because I feel like a lot of us, myself, and I can only speak for myself, but I feel like for a long time, I wasted a lot of my life trying to be perfect or trying to do it a certain way and having it look a certain way. And the biggest growth has come from being surrendered and open and allowing it to happen however it happens and being open in that moment and just dealing with what shows up.
0: It's a very ugly thing when people, even myself, it's ugly in myself when I cling to the past or like in stuck in the future and you're not in the present. And even beyond, again, the Kumbaya or Eastern philosophy of the present moment, it's all there is, power of now, or Cartoli, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. all that stuff. I don't really relate to that, but what I do relate to are the people that I get around, and all they want to do is talk about the good old days, you know yes. what i mean and and like they want to reminisce about college or they want to reminisce about traveling or they want to reminisce about um even in relationships, you know when it was better or something well, people totally. people just want to live there and they want to recreate that, and the dangerous thing about that is uh people get to the point of where they go so far in reminiscing they actually try to recreate it and then it gets. It's a scary thing because when you're trying to recreate a peak experience, it's never going to be as good as it was because your minds and time makes it all better. And so you feel like, oh, shit, why, isn't, why doesn't this feel good? Why doesn't uh, getting back together with an ex-girlfriend or a oh, boyfriend yeah. feel as good as you thought it would in your mind? Well, it's because your mind adds all these flares and it takes out the bad and it emphasizes the good. Why does traveling to Hawaii and staying in the exact same hotel we did five years ago feel way different now? I mean, you know, because time marinates this experience mm-hmm. and makes it something that um, is impossible to recreate.
1: Well, yeah, it's not it's that whole grass is greener on the other side thing. Like in my entire life and given even in my my history as a Marine for 12 years, like deployments, like you think of like, oh, I'm going on a deployment again. I know what to expect. It's going to be easy. So I don't prepare the same. And then you get there. And it's like a smack in the face because it's a completely different country, different Mm -hmm. environment, different set of people, different mindset, different place in your life. And I will share that never in my life, when I've jumped the fence to the other side, has the grass ever been greener, ever. And I tell people, I I say this, you know who said this? Russell Simmons said this, Hmm. however hard you think it is to do it right now will always be easier than looking back with the regret of never doing it. And I find that like that's the – it's extremely powerful because when we're in a situation, it's so easy to go back to, well, I made a million dollars in 2004 or I had a great relationship in 2005 and it's like great, but you're not there right now. Like you're defining yourself by results you created 10 years ago and they're not current. And I see it in CrossFit like yeah. what's, your, what's your max You know, squat and they're like 405. I did it four years ago. I'm like, yeah, but what can you squat right now? And they're like, well, like 225, but I'll get back there and i'm like it's okay to only squat 225 like it's okay to be present and be okay with what's there and and a lot of that reminiscing you know lindsay and i are really good lindsay's been doing personal development for like 15 years but we're really good about staying present and focused on our goals because we both realize the value in creation like in every moment we can create whatever experience we want we can create happiness sadness joy yeah i mean commitment achievement you name it so She'll catch me all the time. I'm like, "Babe, you remember when I did this?" And she's like, "Yeah, but babe, your business isn't the same. That's not going to work and you're not there right now and that's why you have the results that you have." And I'm like, "Doi." And I'm like, "All right." And I'm like, "What can I focus on?" And like, "We'll make small commitments and goals and create the current now." And and what's interesting is instead of jumping to the other side of the fence where the grass is greener, I till and water and mow my own grass, and yeah. it ends up growing greener, taller, and thicker than anything on the other side of the fence.
0: It's green where you water it. Yeah.
1: Totally. Oh, that's that's an even easier way to say it. I haven't heard that one before. Uh,
0: Big Sean said that in a song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the I wise did. poet Big Sean once a said. Wise poet. <laughs> oh, so insightful. No, to to touch on that though, I think. It's a double-edged sword with personal development. That's really what we're talking about right now. Is, is you know Mindset is totally a double-edged sword because on one hand, one edge, it does make you better. Whatever that means. It makes your life more congruent, more developed. You think through things better. You're, you have the tools. But on the other hand, the people that are attracted to personal development, yourself and me and everyone listening to this call right now, they're attracted to that growth, that fix you get when you're learning something and improving. And you start growing, growing, changing, developing. And you get in that mindset. And then when it stops giving you returns or you feel, you feel like you're not as good as you were, you're like, oh, shit, what happened? Yeah. You know, and then you try and do more and more and more and more and more. And I think that's what happens with, to bring it back to food with people and their results is they start growing. They start getting into CrossFit. They get these great results and strength and body fat. And they start slowing down. And so they try and do more and more and more and more because more, they they're hooked. They're an improvement junkie. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you want to rant on that. Finish it.
1: Well, I, I you nailed it. I mean, and it's and it's it's how we show up in one area is how we show up everywhere, and it's the same mindset because we've all experienced them. We see them all the time. It's the personal development junkies, the ones that read every single book that's out there and go to every seminar, and they spend yeah. their life traveling and going all these places, and they miss the core concept of all of it. Like they're so driven on increasing or decreasing their insecurity and increasing their superficial surroundings that they misfocus on what we're really working on. And it's the same with CrossFit or, you know, eating healthier, whatever your fitness regime workout diet is because there comes to a point where you get to the journey of your growth where you become content with who you are. And it's no longer about trying to change everything or make it better. It's about being the best in the moment that you can and being okay with whatever your best is. And I mean, I think we've all, anybody who's done any sort of transformation anywhere has gone through this because I drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid for like three years, made it to a regional level and then I got hurt and then I I defined myself by that fitness level. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm only a good CrossFitter because I did this Yeah. and shit, what am I worth now? Like I can't do that anymore. And the truth is like, I'm still a good CrossFitter because every day I get off the couch and we go to CrossFit at 6 a.m. And we're improving our lives and making our lives better. And it's really just being, and you know, God, I could rant 18 different directions with this one, but I think the baseline of it is in the midst of these transformations and these goals and the, the constant urge for growth and, you know, feeling that adrenaline and the, the dopamine that gets released when we experience that, the biggest key to stay grounded is to get to the bottom of it, like where you want the growth, like why you're so driven to grow or to be different or to look different or to eat different or to be better, as we say. And when you can get to the bottom of that, like the core layer of that, and you realize that it's from your, like for me, my childhood wound, like I was never good enough. And no matter what I did, people left me. My parents left me, drugs were more important, alcohol was more important. So. My childhood wound is that no matter what I do or how good I do it, it'll never be good enough, but I still try to prove it. And so when I'm present to that, when I'm at CrossFit or when I'm setting out a new business venture, I'm giving a keynote on stage, I'm very authentic about it. And I'm like, I realize that a lot of my drive comes from an insecurity to do it correctly. Here's the breakthrough is that I'm completely okay with however this goes. Half of you can get up and walk out of the room. Three of you can flick me off and two of you can tell me good job and I'm completely content with that result because I I recognize my patterns. And and I think because you mentioned it in a lot of personal development stuff, the double-edged sword that I've witnessed is that when you become aware and heightened in your level of like intellect and your understanding of the world, like your beingness is on a different level, your brain plays just as many tricks and games on you because you're like, you know this. You know how to be, you know how to do better. Yeah. And the key is just being really grounded and present to where you are in that moment and being okay with whatever shows up. And so that's been big That's been big for me because I can always tie this back into me and food. So like food related as well as when I stopped the first six months of this year and just kind of went on a, a ramp. The second I got on a scale and I saw my clothes, the first thing I wanted to do is weigh, measure, and go strict. Like let's work out again every day. Let's weigh and measure every day. And I'm like, but why? I have a daughter that loves me. I have a wife that loves me. My body feels great. There's nothing wrong with me. The only thing that is there is that I make up. I don't look a certain way. And I'm like, I have the hottest woman in the world, the most beautiful woman in the world by my side who's encouraging and empowering. And I see the way that she looks at me. So something I'm doing is right. And I'm like, why do I need to change it? I'm like, where else can I focus that? And then, you know, you just focus externally. Like, I give to her. I give to my daughter. I give to my audience. I give to my coworkers, my employees, you know, people like that. And, you know, your, your growth is never curbed by giving to others and helping others grow. And I, I feel like that's a really great place to live.
0: You know, so many of these things can be summed up with, uh, like, cheesy fortune cooker co- oh, cookie yes. cliches. Totally. And if we really stopped and meditated and savored all that wisdom in that little <laughs> cookie sheet, yeah. assuming it's a good one and not yeah. one with just crappy numbers on it that mean
1: nothing. That do nothing, yeah.
0: It would be
1: life-changing.
0: Totally. But, but what's the problem? It's not sexy. We've heard it a thousand times, so we just gloss over it and we keep moving because we want the new stuff. It's, and and we, we go for that new and shiny thing. And uh, that's what people do in health. You know, when you tell them to drink half their body weight in ounces of water a day, eat their vegetables, limit their, their grains and exercise or move and get your sleep, they gloss over it because they want to hear about the vitamin D studies and a contrast hydrotherapy. You know what I mean? And so yes, <laughs> getting back to that little fortune cookie wisdom, I think, and really seeing if you're applying
1: it is where all the money's at. Totally. Totally. I mean, we are. God, I have the biggest entrepreneurial ADD in the world. Like yeah. the next best tool, the next best marketing software, the next best idea, and, and I think it was uh, I think it was Neil Patel who said it. I was watching like a growth hack, and he's like, "Listen, you can never go after the low hanging fruit. You always have to go for sustainability and figure out how to hack your growth with the results that no one else is getting. There is no magic pill. Like you have to do the work hmm. and." when you're in that moment, it's not work. Like you're creating your platform and your framework for success in whatever area of your life that it's in. Whether it's a new habit around work or working out or food, there is no magic pill. Like this is not Soylent. Like, and if you've ever heard of it and even know what it is, I invite you to delete it from your memory because like that is not a sustainable way to live. Like we are designed as human beings to evolve in every aspect of our life from food to fitness, to work, to relationships, to everything. And so your dreams and goals only work if you do. And that is another cliche fortune cookie one. But the truth is, it doesn't mean you have to work 18 to 20 hours a day. If you just today choose to stop searching, like I think there's days I'll be authentic that I've spent six hours searching for some new tool to run my social media because I was lazy. The truth is I could have run my social media in an hour that day and had it handled for a week, but I wasted an additional five hours. Yeah, Like, and that's, that's the thing, like looking back in hindsight. So it's like what Russell Simmons said, like the uncomfortness or the pain That you experience doing it right now will always be less than the pain or uncomfortness you experience looking back and realizing you could have done it differently. So it's just about getting uncomfortable. Like we all do it. Like I mean I'm sure there's days you interview a tons of people and there's days you're like, oh, I just wish I could be done after this one. But whatever your commitment is – Or they
0: don't show up.
1: Or they don't show up. That's a good one. I know that one hits the nerve because I've had interviewers not show up on me and I'm like – I'm like, come on! Like, I'm sitting here, but the truth is, is like that's just another opportunity and a mindset thing for us. But commitment is, you know, this is this is my favorite fortune cookie that I've never seen. Commitment is not feelings. I'm gonna say that again. Commitment is not feelings. Like, your commitment is not based on how you feel. Like you're not committed to your kids when you're happy. It doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. They're throwing up puking or spitting blood and telling you they hate you. You are still their parent and you are committed to their growth, well-being, and loving them. It is no different anywhere else in your life from your relationships to your fitness to your food. If you make a commitment, you are pretty much marrying yourself. Like you are Mm. giving your word to yourself. And when we can really stay there and grounded in our commitments, when you see one commitment all the way through, your whole life shifts because there are no excuses, there are no justifications, there's no modus for anything different. All the voices that creep in, all like the, I'm sore, I'm tired, I'm lazy, I'm too busy, it's too late, all that shit goes away because you get really, really grounded. And I tell people, make your commitments just like your life depended on it because a lot of the times they do. And everyone's like, well, that's stupid when it comes to food. And I'm like, well, that gives you a life force. I'm like, but if I told you your kid's life mattered on the under end of this room, you'd follow through. And the, the breakthrough for me in this when I saw this is that I used to think I lived a compartmentalized life. I used to think that I was one way at work, one way at home, one way in my relationship, and one way in my fitness. The truth is, is that how we show up in one area of our life is how we show up everywhere. No matter what you say, you can deny it all day, you can be defensive. That tells me that I'm right because it's landing for all of you listening or watching, because that's how I know. But if you ask the people that are around you, the five closest people for feedback, they will tell you. If you make goals towards food and you shortchange yourself, you do it at work, you do it in your relationship, you do it with your kids. Like, how many times does my daughter like, hey, can we do something as a family tonight? I have work to do, I'll get around to it, and then it's eight forty-five and she's sleeping on the couch. Like That's not okay with me. That's something that I get to be grounded in and keep my commitments to her if I say it's gonna happen. So that's I think that at the at the root of it, that's the big breakthrough in any area, in any insecurity in anything. And it's not making these lofty commitments or these ones that like set you up to fail. It's about making smart goals, smart, measurable, actionable, results based, and time oriented, and saying, you know what, my commitment is that by next Friday, I'm going to go to the gym three times for a a minimum of 30 minutes a day. And it doesn't matter what I do. I can walk on a treadmill. I can do push-ups. I can do sit-ups. But I'm just going to go. That commitment in itself and that goal and the results that you get from that and the habit that you're creating and not accepting excuses, like it can be 1130 at night. You still got to do it. Like no matter what, you got to do it. And that breakthrough is how you, you break through that plateau, that always need and urge to be better like you just become content with what you're doing and then celebrate the crap out of it and like literally give yourself like a pat on the back or hug yourself or high five or I went to smack myself in the face for some reason. I don't know what that was, but you know, whatever whatever it is for you. But that's that's really important to me. I obviously I ranted for a couple minutes on it, but um
0: Well, you you think not to go cut ahead, you no, off, you're talking about commitments though. And and it's funny because I was thinking about that the other day. And I don't know why commitment in our society these days seems to be like a dirty word. You know, mm-hmm. like commitment. Oh, it's something you have to do. I committed to this. Oh, fuck, man. I got to go hang out with Jerry. Ooh. I committed to this. All right, let me give him five reasons why. Co- so commitment is a dirty word, but why? it's it's the payment you pay for the things that are worth having in life uh things take that let's let's go over things that take commitment family health um any sort of entrepreneurial business um relationships you know kit like all these great things in life that we really want at our core they take commitment and so if you have a negative connotation to commitment you're gonna have a hard time you're gonna struggle through life
1: yeah like results take work like that Everybody wants results and they want someone else to give them to them. And the truth is, is that you may say that, you may think that, it may be what you're feeling. But when results get handed to you, they're never the same as when you created them themselves, whether it be your relationship or it be your parenting. Like I can't imagine, like Cheyenne's yeah. my bonus daughter and she's 10. And I've been in her life for three years, but she's more my daughter than anything. Like everything she does, I take so much pride in. And when we hear her say things and how grounded and positive yeah. and mature, I'm like, wow. like. That's because we were like that. Like we helped her do that, and it's like, it doesn't matter how many fits were thrown, how many stuffed animals were thrown in my face. Like it doesn't matter cool, how man. many slumber parties that I had to deal with, being the only man in the house. It was the yeah. most rewarding thing in the world. And every how many sle- times
0: you had to see Frozen,
1: to- oh totally. I love. I know all the words to that movie, and we still sing it. And she actually gets embarrassed now because she doesn't like it anymore. But I still sing it. I'm like, you created this monster. Like this is your fault. But like it, it's like every sleepless night, every booger, every vomit thing, everything in the moment where I was like, oh my god, it's 2 a.m. I just want to be sleeping. She's kicking me in my bed right now, and I'm tired and lethargic. I look back on it now and it's like those are the precious moments. And it's like that with anything. Yeah. Writing my book, I mean, my relationship. I get married in 10 days to the love of my life, and it and it's been a roller coaster. And it's been the best roller coaster ever. Like we have the closest, most connected relationship ever. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. That means that we're so connected that when it's not, it's bad. But when it's great, it's perfect. Yeah. And we just get to work through that and support each other and give unconditionally. So I love that you said that because that's that's it. Like at the end of the day, like life isn't about collecting things, it's about creating experiences because your memory is the only thing you get to hold on to.
0: Dang, man, this is inspiring. I love this conversation. Um, I want to take the next 10 minutes or so to kind of uh, rant back and forth about things that work, things that people can walk away from some takeaways that they can start incorporating into their life. But I mean, yeah, dude, I- I'm getting fired up in this conversation. I know people I know, like
1: I'm ready. I have so much. I-, I literally, before we got on, I like live on sticky notes. Like they're all over my house. I have notepads. Like I am a mess when it comes to like organization. I'm OCD in some areas and not in others. And I literally made a list of stuff that I have to do when we got off the call. Is my and name th- on there,
0: Clark? Is it on? Clark there?
1: was number one. It's actually right there on the top. Cross but, it off. Um, but here's the thing. It's funny when I was just about to tell you, I caught myself because I was like, "When we're done, I have this list of things I have to do." And the truth is, is that I have this list of things that I get to do. And I think that that's one tip for me right off the bat for everybody is just you shifting your language. Like our thoughts create our actions, which create our results, and in this world, you don't actually have to do anything. Like You always have a choice. 100% of the time, you always have a choice. Now, there's consequences if you choose wrong sometimes or you don't follow through, but you have a choice. And When I take this list and I go from I have to do it to I get to do this, I get to get my suit tailored for the wedding, I get to do video edits to influence people's lives, like I get to switch my email provider over, like I get to do all these things because they provide value. I'm accomplishing goals and I'm creating results. And when you can frame that in your life, and this doesn't mean you don't get to you know, like cross off things that you whimper, whine, and moan about. This means that you get to rephrase how you do them and look at the results you're getting on the other side. So I do have tips for you because I use these tips all the time and I use them personally. Phenomenal, the-
0: man. So so the first one then, before we start diving into it, is switching the language in your mind. So kind of those, um, I should do this to I could do this.
1: Yeah, totally. Like how many times – and I can give an example because it lands more. But how many times do we hear people – and I, I always use the girl example. I love this one. How we speak into the universe is what we get. How many times do you hear people and their girlfriends like, oh, I'm not going to get pregnant. We're not trying. There's no way, blah, blah, blah. The universe doesn't hear not. And then three weeks later, like – I'm pregnant. Yeah. Like it's, it's the power of our word and our intention. And it's the same thing when we're like, Oh, you know, I drive really safe. I'm not going to get in a car accident. I'm not going to do this. I'm not. And it always happens. So our language is extremely powerful and it really aligns our subconscious to create those results in our lives. So when we're like, I get to have this, I get to have this, I get to have this, the results start flowing in and you get to create a positive framework around them. So like you said, it's not like a bad word, like commitment, It's like, wow, I get to go pick up my daughter from school. That means we get to spend the rest of the night together. And if tomorrow I wasn't here or she wasn't here, I would beg for those moments back. Like I would friggin' beg. And I would give my life to have another moment. I say this about my dad all the time. He passed away from cancer in 2008. And when we were on the phone, I got to say, I love you. And he drove into a tunnel and lost service. He had a stroke 30 seconds later and passed away. And I tell people, I'm like, It doesn't matter what his life was. Like he had his own thing. He was an alcoholic. There were drugs in our childhood. None of that matters. I would give anything to get one more phone call. It's powerful, man. those experiences are what shape our lives. And so I think people just – just be present to what you say and to how you're perceived and to how you're really living your life. Like you get one life to live and at the end of the day, realize that you just traded a day of your life for the results that you created Make sure that it was worth buying. Oh, man. So number one, one A, is there's rules. And the four rules are no fault, no blame, no guilt, and no shame. The way we live our life is by those four rules. Because when you can remove fault, blame, guilt, and shame, you can see events as neutral, and you can find the value in either what worked or what didn't work. When you bring in fault, blame, guilt, or shame, you're internalizing it, taking it personally, and creating more of the same. So a big breakthrough for us. And for me, when things are said to me vocally, I take them extremely personal. It's, it's my go-to. So when Lindsay's giving me feedback about how I'm not being the best husband or best father or best business person, I actually write them down, and then I read them like they're not about me. And when I read them when they're not about me, I'm like, wow, okay. Hmm. I now have a framework and a map for how to show up better and I can eliminate the the personal piece that goes with it and I can create different results because I have now, I, I almost have like a blueprint for how I am.
0: Like what's an example of one?
1: Um, here's a, here's a perfect one. Lindsay, actually I'll give you a relationship one the other day. She's like, Hey, when you're always on Periscope or Blab or on the computer and I come home and I haven't seen you for eight hours, I don't feel important. And I'm like, why do you not feel important? And I, I immediately went to why don't you feel important? I do blah, 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 which equals, I'm not listening to you. I'm negating you. And I'm justifying, which means I'm defensive. And so I'm like, okay, let me talk about this. Okay. I'm like, can you tell me again? And she's like, yeah, I don't feel important because, you know, we have this and this and this and this. And I wrote it down and I'm like, why could she be feeling that way? Well, she's been out wedding dress shopping all day, planning the wedding, buying things. And I've been at home working And her first experience of me coming through the door is me focusing elsewhere, like outside of what is the most important thing to me. And I looked at it and I'm like, it would literally take me two seconds to pause the computer, walk over, kiss you and say, I love you and I missed you. And that's all just to fill the tank and to fill the bucket. It would not deter my day in any manner. It's just a change in my thinking and in my habits.
0: Fill the love tank. Is that what you're going to Totally,
1: gonna? yeah, fill the love tank. Five love languages. Yep, that's another good one. Everybody should yep. read that one. Even if you have employees, that's a great book to read, like to learn how to communicate with your employees in their love language. So yeah. that's my that's my rule one. No fault, no blame, no guilt, no shame. And that's why it makes number Ooh. two really easy, which is make small commitments and make them smart. Like I said, they are smart, measurable, actionable, results-based, and time-based. So you can actually experience results. Like just saying, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm like, great. When, how much, by when? Like by making those broad statements, we set ourselves up to fail because we give ourselves outs. I want to get into shape. Yeah. I want to get into shape. Great. What the hell is that? Like, what is in shape? I'm like, you are a shape. You may be round, you may be square, but you're still a shape. Like it doesn't. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I was round at one point in my life and I was You know, just unhealthy, and I got to work through it. But, you know, there's like all these things, like you have to be specific. And I say that just because that's a perfect example. Like, you have to be clear on what your own goals are. Like, we can't tell you what they are, but if you're clear on what they are, you can actually create them. So if you're like, hey, I want to lose five pounds in the next 30 days, I'm like, great, that's an actual smart goal. And then I can say, how are you going to do it? And you can create four steps to success. Number one, I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day. Number two, I'm going to walk a mile a day. Number three, I'm going to sleep eight hours a night. Number four, I'm going to smile more. And I'm not joking, smile more will really help you. Um, But that way, that leads into rule number three. So you make that, and I'll use that example so people know. Let's say your goal is to lose five pounds in the next 30 days. That's a specific one. So you're like, by October 28th, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. That's it. You have a date, you have a buy when, you have a number. Set four steps that are going to get you there. Step one can literally be walk a mile every day. Step two is sleep eight hours a night. Step three is eat, you know, two healthy meals a day. Step four is remove soda from my diet. Boom, done. Those are your four goals. That leads into step three. Step three is looking at every event as neutral so you can learn how to be better. So your goal was 30, 30 pounds in 30 days. You lost 28 pounds. Don't take that away from yourself. That's phenomenal. Like you lost 28 pounds or I said five pounds, I think. You lost four pounds in 30 days instead of five. A lot of us as human beings go to, well, I said I was going to do it and I didn't do it. So I failed. I suck. I'm not good enough. I can't be done. And I'm like, are you blind and dumb? You lost four pounds. Like that's four pounds less than you had. You almost made it to your goal. So when you can look at events as neutral, you can go like, okay, great. And I, I ask people to make a list. Write down your goal on the top and write down your results. Have a column of what worked and have a column of what didn't work. For example, what worked? I drank eight glasses of water a day. I walked a mile every day. I you know ate three healthy meals a day. What didn't work? I didn't remove soda from my diet. I didn't walk as fast as I could have. I didn't sleep as much as I could have. And... There was actually extra time in my day I could have done something fitness related and I chose not to. I'm like, great. So now you know what worked. Now you know what didn't work. What can you bring forward to create a different result for your next 30 days? I tell people to pick one thing off the list that are what didn't work. You know, because if you're four out of five pounds, you're like one step away. Your your concoction, your you know formula, it's almost there. So if you're like, well, you know what? I didn't remove the soda, and I know if I remove the soda it would have been different. You've already accomplished all of this stuff. So you add one more thing to your plate and you're like, I'm just gonna do it again. You do it again, you set five pounds and then you make five pounds, you make six pounds and you can still do the same thing. What worked, what didn't work and what can I do differently next time? And that eliminates the charge, the fault, the blame, the guilt and the shame, the self-loathing, the self-doubt, the beating yourself up and it keeps you in a positive mindset, making small goals that eventually snowball into you just living a life of setting goals and accomplishments. Those are them.
0: Absolutely, man. George Bryant, civilizedcaveman.com. Yep. Um, I hear you got some Periscope rants. Explain to me what Periscope is because I I downloaded the app. I heard a lot yeah. of people talking about it.
1: Uh, yeah, Periscope's phenomenal. I love it. So if you're on Periscope, uh, you can follow me at Cooking Caveman because Twitter won't let me have Civilized Caveman because it's one character too long. So. You can search for Civilized Caveman or just follow me in Cooking Caveman. So Periscope is like a broadcast. So I can't type anything, but I can broadcast and I can read people's comments and questions. And so I've been covering every topic. Like I go through my daily life, like when my dog eats all raw. So I literally spent an hour on Periscope one day breaking down 70 pounds of raw meat and explaining how I feed it raw, why I feed it raw, how I figure out all the numbers. When I'm making dinner, sometimes I like on Periscope and I walk people through like how I'm making my dinner. Hmm something will pop in my head. And I'm like, like last night I did a periscope on the most dangerous phrase in the English language. And it was the phrase, I already know that. And so I just felt, I heard it a lot yesterday and I was like, I need to talk about this and get it off my chest. And, you know, so I have anywhere between like, I've had a hundred people watching live all the way up to 800 people watching live. And then the replay stays up for 24 hours. So hmm. people can go comment, tap the screen to give you hearts. And, uh, it's really interactive and fun because everything is live. And, there's no editing, there's no cutting, like it's just raw and right.
0: White. Right, yeah, it's authentic. And in the age of where everything's polished, primped, and proper, I mean, damn, dude, some some auth- authenticity and some rawness, I think, is what people are starting to gravitate towards. Totally, I do. Yeah, I
1: think that I think that's where our world is going for everybody. I mean, for me, it resonates a lot because I find myself like watching people's periscopes more now than I do anything else because I'm like, wait, that's how they live? Like, oh, yeah. they really do that? You know? Because we have this like this shelf life that we think people live and then underneath it, we have the real life that they live and we we don't connect it all the time. And it's like, yeah. my house is a mess. There's laundry on the couch. There's dishes in the sink. I have recipes to make, photographs to edit. And I'm like, I wanna get takeout for lunch because I don't feel like cooking, yeah. you know? And I just, I talk about it, whatever it is. And, and I, I talk about everything. So I just think it's phenomenal. It's another platform to engage people and have them be connected all the time and whatever works in the moment
0: see George breaking down 70 pounds of raw dog meat. I periscope. know.
1: <laughs> I could have picked a better topic to give an example to like making my pulled pork was one of them, but I picked the raw dog food because it got most of the it actually got the most engagement out of any periscope I've done. It was insane. Uh. Apparently a lot of people want to know how to feed their dogs paleo. So I'm writing a I'm writing a, a e-book on it.
0: Just don't try and feed them vegan. The cat, no. Or cats go blind or something.
1: No, no, don't do that. Yeah. I will. I will be mad at you if you try to take meat away from your animal
0: great so george uh civilized caveman.com is the place to find
1: you correct that then, is the best place to find me
0: cool awesome george thanks for coming on man phenomenal oh. show inspiring um and we'll send people that way
1: so yeah, awesome dude. man i appreciate it thank you for having me as always for the three peat. was this the three I yeah, think so three peat, yeah three peat, nice yeah. hat trick i'm in i'm in love but no thank you so much for having me and everybody if you have any questions hit me up on my website and i will periscope about it awesome george see you man all right dude